Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, January 18th. I'm your host, Mike Perry. Thanks for tuning in. We're entering the 28th day of the government shutdown. Don't worry, I'm still doing fine. But it seems House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is not weathering the shutdown as well as I. Did you hear President Trump canceled the military aircraft she had booked for a trip just 40 minutes before takeoff? The letter he sent was pretty epic. Quote, due to the shutdown, I'm sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. We will reschedule this seven-day excursion when the shutdown is over. In light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I am sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. End quote. Now, no matter what you think about the president or his policies, you have to admit The man knows how to troll. Anyway, on to the news at hand. The price of gold has dipped over the last couple of days after flirting with the $1,300 mark again earlier this week. The yellow metal slipped to its lowest level in more than a week early this morning. Now, there are a number of factors weighing on gold. Most of the headlines mention the fact that it looks like we could be close to detente in the trade war. On Thursday, the Wall Street Journal quoted Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin as saying Washington could ease tariffs on China in the near future. Now, I'll put that in the category of I'll believe it when I see it, but it does seem like there is some genuine progress. I agree with Peter Schiff, though. I have a feeling that when it's all said and done, Trump is going to claim a big victory and there will be no substantive change in trade policy. But, you know, that's politics for you. Wall Street has had a really good week this week with stocks up, I believe, in every session. The thaw in the trade war hasn't hurt, but I think the biggest factor continues to be the dovish Fed. As ICICI Bank wrote in a daily note, the dovish U.S. Federal Reserve has been supporting the market with some officials at the bank suggesting a cautious approach to future interest rate hikes. This has kept a lid on the U.S. dollar while supporting dollar-denominated gold. Speaking of gold being dollar-denominated, I ran across this little factoid the other day. Measured in 72 currencies, gold is at or within a few percentage points of being at an all-time high for people in those countries. I think sometimes we forget that the dollar isn't the only way to value gold. If you live in one of those 72 countries and you've been holding gold, you're pretty darn happy about it right now. Anyway, back to the stock market. Like I said, Wall Street has had a good week. In fact, I'm hearing a lot of pundits say the worst is over. Everything is fine now. We've weathered the correction. Is it, though? If you haven't already, you should listen to Peter's podcast from earlier this week. I'll link to it in the show notes page. Peter called this the eye of the financial hurricane. Now, keep in mind, just a few weeks ago, the sky was falling, right? Wall Street ended up having its worst December since 1931. That's in the midst of the Great Depression. But over the last few weeks, things have calmed as we've entered the eye of the storm when the Federal Reserve came out and rescued the markets by backtracking on its previously indicated path of continuing rate hikes and quantitative tightening. That's the real key to what's going on here. Things like a thaw in the trade war are a nice excuse to send the market up, but the wave lifting the market is the Powell put. 
Over the past week, several Fed officials doubled down on the dovish tone set last week by Powell and also indicated by the FOMC notes that were released earlier this month. As Peter put it, everybody is a dove. There are no stock market hawks, kind of like there are no atheists in a foxhole. Well, in a bear market, there are no hawks. There are only doves. It's not just current Fed members sounding all dovish. Former Fed Chair Janet Yellen came out and said the December rate hikes could possibly be the last ones of this cycle. I think she pronounced probably wrong. I really don't see the Fed tightening anymore, and if it does, just watch. The market is going to go back into a free fall. It's really pretty simple. This economy cannot function in a high interest rate environment, and by high, I mean still pretty low. We're nowhere near normal. As Peter said, tightening was a failed policy from the get-go. The central bank inflated all kinds of asset bubbles with zero interest rates and QE. Peter said he knew if they tried to normalize interest rates and if they tried to shrink the balance sheet, they would never complete the process. They would have to abort it somewhere along the way and reverse course. I'm pretty certain that's what just happened. But that's not the end game. They're going to have to go back to zero. That's how this was going to end all along. No matter how high they managed to raise rates, they'd have to go right back down to zero. Peter said, now that we have the Federal Reserve basically calling off the rate hikes that they had planned, pretty much vindicates me. Now, I know some people out there right now are shaking their heads. They're saying, Peter's been saying the same thing for 10 years. Like a stopped clock, he's going to be right at some point. I see the naysayers. I see your comments and your snide remarks on uh, our videos and on the podcast, and I get some of it too. Here's what I think is important to remember, though. Peter is basing his predictions on solid economic reasoning. What he is saying is based on some fundamental realities. The Fed's monetary mechanizations pumped up a massive asset bubble and fueled a huge increase in debt. When interest rates rise, those bubbles pop. The credit dries up. The debt-fueled economy slows down. You take away the punch bowl, the party ends. This is just basic business cycle principles. Now, the hard part is timing. We know it's going to happen. It always happens. That's the way the cycle works. We just don't know when it's going to happen. For instance, I'm pretty certain Trump bought the economy time. There was all of this optimism when he was elected. The tax cuts gave the economy a shot of adrenaline. We couldn't have predicted that. I think if Hillary had won, we'd be in a recession right now. But that doesn't change the fundamentals that underlie the economy. It doesn't alter the business cycle. It doesn't change what the Fed has done. It just kicked the can down the road, and you're still going to run out of road. Economic theory gives us a lens through which we can see the long-term consequences of given actions. But it's not a crystal ball, and I think we would all do well to remember that, and myself included. Jim Grant was on CNBC not long ago, and he made some great points. I like Jim a lot. He has a, he has a way with words. I'm going to link to that interview in the show notes page. Anyway, Jim kind of made this same point. He gets a lot of this same backlash. In fact, he got it during the interview. Jim was talking about all of the uncertainty caused by central bank monetary intervention. You've been saying this stuff for 10 years, Jim, the host scoffed. But here's the point. Jim said, I think people are too certain about things about which they should not be certain. 
He went on to say, I would say that we don't know a lot. And in view of these circumstances, the most extraordinary circumstances of our credit markets and capital markets, we ought to be prepared for all manner of outcomes, many of which are unscripted. You know who else doesn't know a lot? Central bankers. And yet we trust them to run the economy. Anyway, I think Jim is right. We don't have a crystal ball. We can't peer into the future, but we do have sound economic theory to fall back on. Here's what Jim said. I think this is really important. He said, it seems to me there's nothing wrong with holding in the front of your mind, or at least not too far in the back of your mind, the fact that we live in the most extraordinary moment of monetary manipulation. Central banks the world over have commandeered financial markets in the interest of macroeconomic policies. When Peter talks about the coming crash, he's basing it on this fundamental reality, this thing that we should keep in the front of our mind. I think he would admit he doesn't know the timing, but we can certainly see signs of its approach because we know exactly what it looks like. We saw it with the dot-com crash. We saw it with the housing bubble popping, and we're seeing it now. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be next year, but the crash is coming. Just another quick note before I sign off. I saw this blurb this morning. The Russian Central Bank bought 8.5 million ounces of gold in January through November 2018. The December numbers are actually due out this afternoon. The Russians are clearly trying to diversify away from the dollar. Putin said last spring, quote, The monopoly of the U.S. dollar is not reliable enough. It is dangerous for many. At the risk of being accused of Russian collusion, perhaps Putin isn't wrong. There are certainly good reasons to not have all of your eggs in the dollar basket. If you want to learn more about diversifying your portfolio with precious metals, talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist today at 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. You can tell me that I'm a stop clock or whatever else you want to say. And also, please check out this week's It's Your Dime interview. I interviewed uh, journalist Ryan Gerdusky, and we talked about the immigration issue and building a wall. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sold on wall building, but Ryan is, and he made a good case. If you're uh, pro-immigration control, I think you'll really enjoy the interview. And if you're not, you may still enjoy it uh, because I think there's plenty to learn. So check that out. It'll be in the show notes page as well. I really appreciate you listening. And of course, I will talk to you again next week.